Welcome to the Alumni Podcast Series. I'm Mary. I'm Nasa. We're recent graduates of CIT's MA in Public Relations with New Media and your hosts for this short podcast series. Will Sliney is on today's podcast. Will is an award-winning and best-selling comic book artist who has worked on Marvel series Spider-Man 2099 and Star Wars The Rise of Kylo Ren. He is also the creator of the graphic novel Celtic Warrior The Legend of Coo Cullen. Will has recently been presenting We Will Draw on RTE's homeschool hub teaching children how to draw throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. Will, welcome to the Alumni Podcast Series. Thank you for having me. Um, So Will, your job is so cool. It's one of those jobs that you dream of um, from as a child, I imagine. So was that always what you wanted to do? Well, you know what? I didn't know the job existed when I was younger. I used to always love drawing, say, Spider-Man or Star Wars and things like that. And I would draw along with the cartoons or any video games that I would do. But I just didn't know there was like a specific job as a comic book artist. And funnily enough, um, I just always thought I was going to be an engineer. And I always noticed that I would I would like try and design like Formula One cars. But like in reality, looking back on it, I wasn't interested in like designing the car. I was interested in drawing the pictures on the side of the car or something like that. I think I can see it now. So um, funnily enough, I was on this path to do engineering and I met a career guidance counselor before doing my leaving cert. And they, every question I answered on her, on her form uh, led completely towards doing something more creative. And she was like, if I don't do something like completely creative, I'll go absolutely bonkers. So that's what changed for me. And I'm very, very thankful of that day ever since. Yeah, that's really interesting because um, I think it can be very easy for all of us to sort of just pursue something sensible in, in quotation marks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting that you met a career guidance counsellor and they really pushed you in that direction. Um, and were there other teachers or parents along the way that really helped you develop that love for drawing and for art? Yeah, well, in, in fairness to my parents, they, they always let me paint and draw on the walls <laughs> as long as I painted back over it again ever since. Um, in school, in secondary school, uh, there was no actual arts, uh, but there was a, a HDIP teacher that saw there was a few of us that were interested in art. Uh, me in particular, I was asking, could I do it? Uh, so she taught me art at lunch times, and I was able to do art for my leaving cert that way. Um, which definitely helped because, you know, obviously I was drawing a lot more than I would have been because, you know, when you're doing your leading search, you're like focused on all your studies and everything like that as well. So um, that kept art going for me, I guess, through the ages of like 14, 15, 16, 17, whatever age I was back then, uh, which led into college. And then when I was in multimedia in second year in particular, um, I had Stephen Young as a lecturer and he saw that I was, I was really interested in it. And he kind of, in fairness to him, he knew very well how to motivate me. Like, like he, he, he pushed me really hard, which I had never had before. Like before I would like show a drawing to my parents and my mum would be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Whereas he'd be like, you need to learn this, 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 this. So I like spent a full year of like, I'm going to prove this guy that I can draw. And like, that's exactly what he wanted from me, you know? And I'll never forget sitting down. It actually wasn't in one of his classes. I was just drawing away in one of the labs and he came in. Um, outside of the classes and he said to me he was like it's going to be really interesting to see where your career will go you'll either be one of those people who like you know doodle away a little bit every once in a while or you could end up really really at the top of the industry if you really really go for it so and I'll never forget that I'll never forget you know again I guess that was another kind of a challenge but it really really motivated me to become the latter part of that kind of I guess for my career so yeah big thanks to Stephen Young there. 
Yeah, and how did you end up in the multimedia course specifically over, say, mm. another artistic course like fine art or something? Yeah, so, I, well, I, I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do going into, into college. And a lot of the things in multimedia would have attracted me, like the filmmaking, the web design, um, you know, all parts of graphic design, all that kind of stuff. So, like, multimedia served me very well in the way that, like, as the years went on, I was literally ticking, like eliminating the things. Like I, I realized very fast I didn't like programming. <laughs> so like I knew I wasn't going to be a programmer. So like, okay, at least I tried that. That's gone. And then like photography I knew wasn't for me. I actually remember two of my lecturers having a conversation. They, they couldn't understand why I was able to draw really, really well and not able to take a, a photo to save my life. <laughs> it just didn't suit me whatsoever. Like, so that got ticked off. And then as as the years went on, I start I realized that like you know um, illustration was where I wanted to go in particular comic books. So what I and in fairness, the course allowed me to do this. I would just I guess creatively edit any brief for any project to make it about comic books. Like we had business classes, so I would make this business company that I set up about creating and setting up a comic book company. Like I would make any film that I would be doing about a kind of a superhero film, so I could add some drawings in there. And I was just turn every project I could into a comic book kind of thing. And then the course served me very, very well in allowing me to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. So you were always kind of attracted to that comic book style. And I suppose in doing um, your projects and approaching the course in that way, you probably prepared yourself quite well, actually, to enter the field because you were always thinking yeah, about it from a point of view. I think so. And it definitely like that we had a, we had a, I had a lot of work to do. We had a tough workload, definitely. Um, but it, that prepared me, like, I didn't realize how hard the illustration world was when you got into it then as well. Like, like I, like I'll spend, you know, 12 hour day is absolutely nothing to me. You know, it could be, it, it's often a bit longer, especially, uh, in my twenties when I guess I was like really, really hustling to get as much portfolio work done, get as much work done. Now it's a little bit easier because, you know, I sign, I, I'm signed on to a project because the editor wants to work with me and they'll work towards, you know, me having a bit of a more of a normal life in terms of hours working. Um, so it definitely taught me how to work hard, how to, you know, prepare, like plan. And it's, it's actually, it's one of the things that I find um, that's really, really helped me in my career against other artists, I think, that I'm up against in that area for jobs is that like I have a very, very kind of professional and focused attitude, attitude towards the work, which definitely came from college. So I suppose then um, Marvel's quite an impressive name in comic books. And um, was it always a dream of yours to work for Marvel? Was that the goal or did you just want to draw in that style? Yeah, no, it, it would have been like, I, I had a huge nostalgic tie towards the characters. I actually remember in first year in college, um, I was reading a Spider-Man comic on my computer inside in the class. And I was trying to hide it from everyone in the class because I didn't want to get mocked. <laughs> Little did I know, like, to, like within a couple of weeks later, I felt like I had a kind of a, a comic book kind of a coming out <laughs> in college where like you realize, oh, it's actually okay to be a nerd and other people like this kind of stuff as well. And like my college mates now who are still very good friends of mine would, would laugh at the thought of them not actually knowing that I really wanted to do this stuff because I was like wearing it like a badge of honor by a couple of years into the course, I guess. Um, and, it, and in fact, I would never ever shut up about it. Like, you know, so yeah, I had a huge nostalgic tie to the characters. Like I've always loved, say, Spider-Man, Star Wars, all that kind of stuff. So it's been amazing to get to 
contribute to those worlds i guess so like so now like like long after i'm gone like there'll be like you know an era in like spider-man's history that like i would have drawn the stories and there's characters in star wars that i would have had a big part in telling their backstory to as well so it's lovely to get to to play in the universe that you would have loved that you loved you know you know playing with the toys of when you were a kid so it's a nice nice feeling so to go back then to when you said goodbye to CIT, um, what were the first steps you took to, to get yeah. that job in Marvel? Yeah, I actually remember watching an interview um, with, a, a, like a, I'd say, like a hero of mine, an illustrator called Jim Lee. And he was saying that you need to draw for at least five hours every day to be, because that's what you're competing against. And that's just the people that are trying to break into the industry. So I had a job um, that came, that I actually got on work experience when I was in multimedia, which was quite handy. So when I left the course, I went straight into that job and it was an e-learning job and it was quite creative in fairness. Like I got to do a lot of illustrations and 3D animations, uh, which really all related to like, um, you know, training and education in different types of industries. Um, so definitely like I had a, I was fulfilling a creative appetite doing that job, but at the same time I was like, I gave up watching uh, like EastEnders and Home and Away and spent all that time drawing, shall we say. So before I would go to work, I would draw for an hour. I would draw my lunch break. I'd come home and I'd draw again. And I'd, I'd always make sure that I made up those five hours outside of my work time to keep my stuff improving. And over the course of a couple of years, it definitely kept on improving. I put together a portfolio, uh, which was five pages of comic book art. This was actually just when I left college uh, and I kind of Googled how to get a job and the way to get a job in comics was to show your portfolio at a comic book adventure to an editor. Uh, and the one that sprung up that, you know, uh, I keep saying it was Google, it was probably Ask Jeeves back then. It was so long ago that I put the search <laughs> term into, but um, I, so San Diego Comic Con came up, so I took out a loan to over there. Um, and there was like 150,000 people at this convention. I remember going into, I, I was way overconfident. I was fully sure I was about to land my dream job. <laughs> I was like, I'm here, I'm ready, hire me, you know? Um, and then, like I've told the story a lot of times, but like I sat into a room with a, at a DC Comics talent search. Uh, DC would do like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. And there was like a thousand people in the room. There was a big panel with like DC editors explaining what the process is to get the job. And it essentially boiled down to you would leave your pages in a cubby hole uh, and then they'd put up a list and then the next day you'd come back and get a, a review from an editor. And of the thousand people there, like the editor was saying, maybe you might hire one person from the show. Like that's the rate of success here. And there's like, there's another thousand people coming in the next day, another thousand people coming in the next day. Like, so there was thousands of people trying for these jobs. And I remember looking to the right of me and seeing the person with their portfolio. And I was like, oh no, that person's better than me. And then I looked to the <laughs> left and I was like, oh no, they're better than me again. And I, I very, very quickly realized that I had an awful lot more learning still to do. So I switched tactic. And instead of like trying to like get the job there, I, I went up to a lot of artists would be, would have their own tables exhibiting, which is what I've done for many, many years now, ever since the Comic Cons. And I go up and I show my portfolio and they would like give me advice on how to, do this how to do that how to you know improve my drawing uh, and I just basically used that to keep practicing and kept kind of following that method of like saving up to go to conventions from my portfolio before I eventually kind of crept into the industry and um, do you think that there's a lot of collaboration in comic book art um, you know you said that you got some advice from other artists there mm -hmm. and I suppose you mentioned as well that you kind of contribute to these worlds so you're kind of kind of getting the torch, I'd say, from uh, previous artists. And uh, do you think that there's kind of 
a lot that you take from other artists and then put your own into it as well? Definitely. Um, like in terms of like, like, so I'd have a lot of artists that I'd idolize and I'd, and I'd look at their stuff and you essentially like steal the little bits from their art that you like and incorporate it into your own, um, which is something like, so, so like I, I, I still do to this day, like I look at an artist and like, oh my God, that's amazing. How do they do that? Okay. I'm literally adding that into my artwork and it kind of, the, the broader the range of influences you have can be quite good. And also like finding the influences that influence the people that you like as well can be very, very good. And it's studying how they, like there's just there's so much you can learn from what's already been learned from people out there. Like I always think it's amazing how, like this is a real kind of art nerdy thing now, like, but like, you know, artists didn't know how to do perspective until before the Renaissance. And then suddenly everyone knew how to do it afterwards because so, somebody figured it out <laughs> and then everybody incorporated that technique. So that's, that, I guess that's what we're doing in comics. And then there's, of course, you know, you're building on, like, like we kind of stand on the shoulders of giants of like the artists uh, and writers that would have like created, like, let's say like Steve Ditko and Stan Lee who created Spider-Man, you know, like, and then I get to draw that costume that Steve Ditko would have designed back in the 60s, which is amazing. Or if I get to do Captain America, it's, it's the costume that Jack Kirby designed in the 40s. And then even up to like, like it's amazing. Like I got to work on Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which was a comic book that was um, being brought out at the time when, when uh, Star Wars were launching their own theme park in Disneyland. Um, so like I was working from the concept art of that Walt Disney Imagineers were, were making for, to, to, to build and develop this world. So like some of the best concept artists in the world, I'd see all their drawings and I'd incorporate that into my own style of my own versions of these characters. And then it would it works back around the other way. Like some of the characters that I've designed have ended up in say video games or and stuff like that. So they'll take my drawings. And then it's always amazing to see these characters that you create appear in other comics drawn by other people and stuff like that as well so it is it's a very it's a big we're all contributing to this one world i guess so and it's it's fun to do that and um i suppose um drawing as well as your your first love say but you also then created your own graphic novel the kukulan one and i suppose that kind of took uh did that take a, did you take a different approach to that um, I kind of did and I didn't. I, I did a lot of things in that that I'd never done before. So I'd never wrote, wrote my own book. I'd never colored my own book. I never did the lettering or anything. So I essentially took on everything and the motivation. So I, I was working in the American industry for a few years before that um, for a publisher called Boom Studios, uh, which was a great experience. Uh, but like I was, a, I was always flying over to America for all these conventions and like doing all these book signings and stuff like that. But I all the work that I had back then wouldn't have had any presence here in Ireland. So I wanted to get something as well to bring out here, which was nice. And it really kind of launched my kind of uh, like, I guess, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, but like it, it got me kind of on the radar of people here as well, which has definitely helped my kind of a career. Um, but but it, it actually was more of a case of, like back to your question, it was actually more of a case of me wanting to take these old Irish stories and bring them into a comic book world and tell like a kind of a very kind of a comic book version of that story. So, you know, like it's a 4,000 year old story. So I, I think that every person from here is allowed to, you know, tell their own version of that story, I guess, or whatever. So that's, that's what I wanted to do. And it's nice. I still keep, I still see, you know, um, that book is brought to me at signings, whatever. I particularly love when someone brings up that book and it looks like it's been read a thousand times and there's dog ears all over it and stuff like that. Like, and that's the, one of the books that I'll see that's like that as well. So it's lovely. 
And that must be a great feeling as well, seeing your art um, kind of across different platforms like that, because you mentioned video games as well, and then you have your own books. Um, I suppose, uh, what is, um, what's the best feeling you get from seeing your art go across all of these platforms? Well, so always, always the best is like, uh, it'll never, I'll never top like having my first kind of published comic. Like that was amazing. It's, it's, it was the dream to do that. Um, everything else then is like, is a nice bonus. Like even let's say like I've, I've, I've gone through like, like I've had stories and comics option to be turned into movies and stuff. So I start seeing like, you know, visualizations of like what actors would be like and kind of um you know as characters i got to design like there's there's always a chance chance like i was saying if like these characters are turning up in video games or some who knows some of the characters like i'm really really hoping there's a particular character uh that i designed uh in marvel that i'm really hoping that she turns up in one of the new marvel movies i i don't know but like it would just it, it would be a lovely lovely moment but there were there nothing will ever top that feeling of like having my first uh let's say proper combo published uh, and then my first Marvel comic when that came out then as well. So uh, those were the top kind of two moments for me in terms of seeing something actually realized. So there's a great sense of achievement there. Um, and I think the other thing that's nice about what you do is you are bringing people joy. You know, that's what art does. Um, and that kind of brings me to the We Will Draw idea on Twitter. So um, just tell me where you were um, when that idea kind of, came into your head and how did that start? Um, I was actually, so my wife is a teacher, so she had just discovered that she wasn't going back into school. Um, and it was someone, I can't remember exactly who it was. I must find that out, but someone, like I'll, I'll often, like I quite regularly get tweeted drawings that people do, you know, at ra random times all the time, like characters they design or someone will draw Spider-Man or stuff like that. But some, someone was, some kid was sent home from school so they started, they did a drawing that they, they hadn't been drawing for ages. They did a drawing because they didn't have anything else to do. They couldn't go out with their friends. Um, so it kind of quickly made me realize that this could be a time that like kids might want to get into something very creative, especially when they're locked down at home. So it was just putting a bit of a direction on it, um, you know, um, and seeing what happens, I guess. I definitely wasn't expecting it to go the way that it went. <laughs> Like the, the next day, I think, so there was a thousand Spider-Man drawings in day one and there was 2000 Spider-Man drawings in day two. And I was trying to respond to everyone and <laughs> trying to keep up with it all. And it just quickly kind of spiraled. Uh, but it was lovely. Um, like it was picked up all over the world, I guess, which was kind of mad to see that all happen. Um, but it was all for like a nice reason. And like there, there's actually still, so like I, I've stopped putting out challenges a while ago and I've switched over to obviously to, we did the RTE show and I'm doing stuff on Twitch now and stuff like just doing like free art classes. Um, so I let people come there if they wanted, but there's still like, like there's a couple of like young kids that are like, oh, day 167 of the We Will Draw challenge today they do this or whatever, which is amazing. So like, it's nice to see people, I guess, you know, you know doing it at the very very least drawing is a really really fun hobby and who knows where it will go for you so i i think like i keep saying like you know i didn't know this job exists when i was younger and one of the reasons why i like to do things like tv radio or podcasts or anything like that is it is every time it might reach someone who didn't know that there was a job like this that you could do it in ireland and be, i'm definitely seeing like if i'm at a convention here in ireland or a book sign or anything there's way 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 more kids with portfolios now which is fab and they're the kids that might drop it off to their teen years off might now keep it on realizing that they, it, this could be a, like a, a real future for them. 
Yeah. Um, and do you think it's important to nurture that in kids? Like, even if it's not necessarily the career that they choose eventually, do you think it does something for them um, that, you know, maybe other other types of learning just can't? Yeah, like, oh, definitely. Like, there's, like the one thing I always say about that as well, like, I'm like so many times, like, the, the I, and I understand it now because I have two kids. <laughs> but the people that get on to me the most are parents of kids that like drawing, definitely. Like, this is my son, John. He's four years of old. He's amazing, is the message that I get so many times. What's, where should I send him for lessons? And my answer always is, is like, just make sure there are pencils and paper there if they want to draw and that's it, you know, like it, it, it definitely should be something that's fun uh, that they do when they want to enjoy. And the, I, think, I, I think the next step from there is, you know, if, if, if your kid is like, oh, I'd love to do this as a job, instead of, instead of saying, you know, oh, you can't do it as a job, it's like, okay, there's like, now we know here in Ireland that you can do this, this and this here. Like we've one of the biggest animation industries in the world. You know, it's never been, you've never, like, you know, 20 years ago, the furthest your art might have traveled would have been onto, like, a magnet on your mom's fridge, whereas now you can post something online and everyone can see your work. So you, you now have, uh, and actually, I, I remember meeting someone in, I can't remember what industry it was, and he was like, oh, it must be so tough for artists right now. Like, if I want a drawing of an apple, there's a million drawings of an apple online, whereas my perspective would be, yeah, but, like, I, I can sell my drawing of an apple to you know, 6 billion people now, whereas before it was 20 people at a market in Ballycotton, you know, so like, so there's a huge, if, if you get good enough for your art, there'll definitely be an audience for you. And there's so many ways to make careers out of art now. Like even like, 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 like Twitch is mad. Like the art, the art world in Twitch, like which I'm just kind of going into now is absolutely, it's just amazing that like people will start following you because they want to draw along with you. And that in its own sense can be its own career. Like, you know, they're like, people are like Etsy stores. Like you just have all of these markets now that you wouldn't have had before. Um, so you don't need to be like the super popular artist who gets like the big art show and the big art gallery. That, that's not necessary at all anymore. It's about, it's more about, you know, you know, enjoying art and realizing that like you, you, if you get good enough at it, I guess people will find your work and support your work, which is nice. Yeah, and would you say that um, in addition to developing your drawing and your artwork, um, it's important to develop your technology skills as well? Because I was watching one of your RTE tutorials yesterday as I was preparing for the podcast and was watching what you were doing live and I was thinking like, there's a lot of tech behind that as well. Yeah, so there, well, there is, but like I will always say that the tech is just a tool. Uh, it's still the drawing skills are still the same thing. And in comics, um, I would say it's still 50-50 traditional and digital, the way people work. So I do work, I have, like, I'm, I've gotten so tech now, it's ridiculous. Like, I have my, as, as, as you're aware of my crazy tech microphones and headphones and everything here. So, like, I have my big Cintiq that I draw into. Like, everything is connected to the internet so I can stream my art and, like, you can see it clearly. Like, there's no hand in the way of when I'm drawing because it, it gets the output of what I do. That's one side of it. But like the, the like those comic book artists that work traditionally on pencil and paper, like they're on they're at a disadvantage for me in that like they have to scan their work, they can't zoom in, they can't press undo, but they get original pages that they can sell, you know, like I can't sell an original of a digital page that I do only if I do traditionally. So there's pluses and minuses for both. Um, I would always say it's just a tool uh, and I, de I definitely used to say that a lot more before because there used to be quite an expensive buy-in to it. 
but like to be honest with you what i'm realizing now is younger kids coming through are, go are going to get their hands on the tablet anyway because like you know there's you can draw your finger on the phone now you know so um it's 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 more important it's whatever you enjoy first and foremost if you enjoy doing digital then you know throw yourself into that kind of art if you draw it on traditional you know stick with that you, you you definitely don't need to switch over to the other to from one to the other i would say uh, but it, but in terms of everything that's around it like like i think that there's there's two types of things now i think like i always think an artist is anyone that does anything that's trying to improve it so if you're constantly trying to improve a skill you're an artist no matter what it is but what I kind of think of myself as in terms of all of this is like you're a creative entrepreneur, like you, are, you're, you represent your own business, your own name is your own brand, like an artist, you know, if, if, if you want to do it financially, you want to sell your work or whatever. So it's all about presenting that in the best and most suitable way for yourself. And if technology drives that, then, you know, absolutely, you know, use technology to do that. Yeah, um, I think that's. Um, that's a really nice message, you know, to lean into whatever sort of side of it you're attracted to. Um, and as I was watching the RTE Homeschool Hub, um, I jotted down this quote that you said, because I just thought it was the loveliest message, especially for the time that we're in. The most powerful tool we have on this earth is a pencil. Um, so it's just all about imagination. And I actually, I couldn't kind of like just sit there and watch it. So I ended up drawing this dinosaur, which I know nobody... <laughs> listening to the podcast oh, there we go. See, but it was a great dinosaur thousands and thousands of times <laughs> now it's hilarious <laughs> there's probably children all over the country who've actually done better dinosaurs <laughs> than that <laughs> i like that you colored it in as well you spent your time with it in fairness i was like you know what like he's here now he needs to be colored <laughs> <laughs> well can i ask you um i suppose you know you said that um art is something that you can practice you know and you get better at it but I suppose there is a level of you know raw talent there as well but um for those you know like myself that uh, wouldn't be the greatest at drawing there is something kind of therapeutic about it and what hmm. do you think that that is that that kind of like we're great at it not so great at it do you like to do well it? no I so I, I I'm gonna contradict you there I, I don't think it's a talent um I think it's genuinely a skill and my favorite thing about it is is the more that you draw the better you get and like oh, fair enough there there is the odds da Vinci out there or whatever it is but you know maybe that's once in a generation or something like that you know so in the same with like sport there's like your Messi or Ronaldo or whatever that like but like but but with drawing you can consistently improve it by by practice that's why when i heard that you had to draw for five hours every day really what uh, jim lee was saying was that like you have to draw to improve so if i have a problem drawing hands if i find hands really hard to draw if i go away and if i spend two months filling up sketchbooks with hands i'll be excellent at drawing hands you know to a certain point and then uh, you bring up all of the rest of your art all the things that you want to do by practicing and then you and then you can, you know, and then you get to a certain level and then you like, you see the, the peers that are ahead of you and you're like, oh crap here, I have to go again. I have to really repractice to go to the next level. And for me, uh, in terms of like the therapeutic thing that you're saying about there is that like, I really like that side of it, that like, there's always something to learn. There's always something like you'll never fully master it. So I like that. On the flip side of it, um, when you're just sitting down and doodling and dapping, like, like you've, we've seen like, people have really tapped into that in the last three or four years with like these coloring books, <laughs> like people that have, would have never picked up a, a, a marker in like 20 years or buying these like 
therapeutic de-stressing, um, you know, coloring books, like, and when everyone else that's been drawing the whole time was like, we've been telling you this for ages, like drawing <laughs> is actually quite nice to do, you know? Um, uh, and I understand how like, it can also be equal parts frustrating for those that really want to continually improve. And I think what also happens is that your brain will improve faster than your hands because it's a muscle memory. You need to train your hands to do it and it gets frustrating. It's the same if you're playing guitar, your fingers can't move fast enough, even if you know the theory behind it and you've studied all of that. So it's just a case of drawing, drawing, drawing all of the time. And yeah, ther like therapeutic, that's what I keep on saying. At the very, very worst case scenario, it's a really, really nice hobby to have, you know? So if it ends up being a career or it ends up being like a small little sideline of a bit of money for you, that's great. Um, which is often the case for a lot of people that like, you know, paint on the weekends and sell their paintings and stuff like that for an awful lot of people as well. It's just something they do for fun. So um, it's great for that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very much a case of enjoying the process um, and just loving what you do. Um, and we do have one other question for you. I think we're nearly done. Um, but who is your favorite Spider-Man actor of the month? <laughs> Um, it's so, uh, it's, it's, it's only Tom Holland because I got to meet him at one of the shows. Yes, he's, my <laughs> he's so I always say that Tobey Maguire is a brilliant, uh, Peter Parker, uh, Andrew Garfield is a better, brilliant Spider-Man, but Tom Holland is a, a really good combination of the both of them. Um, one of you has the most comic book name, by the way, which one of you is Mary Watson? me so, yeah. yeah there you go <laughs> i get that all the time i think, yeah. I think I, yeah um my middle name's Catherine, though not jane oh lucky <laughs> um yeah no it's funny i was i was laughing when you said the spider -Man. i was going to ask you which one is your favorite mary jane watson yeah she's pretty cool i what i actually really like about those movies is that like i think the other ones as much as i love them um, they made Spider-Man, you know, grow up very, very fast. He graduated college, whereas the Tom Holland one, like, he's just this nervous little kid, which is amazing. Um, uh, and actually, th that's what I really liked about Zendaya, that scene where, like, she's trapped in London uh, underground, and, like, you can just see them all arguing, You're like, this is a bunch of teenage kids. This is brilliant. Like, if they, the older people, if they want, you can relate to Iron Man or Captain Marvel or Captain America, whatever, whereas, like, Tom Holland right now is for the kids, and he's going to grow up and age, and he'll be in that Marvel universe for another twenty years. So you'll see him get to go through all of that. So, yeah, yeah, I love that about Tom Holland as well. Um, <laughs> a little bit more, uh, yeah. I was going to say realistic. That's not really the realm that we're in with Marvel. No. <laughs> okay, I think that's all of our questions, yeah. right? Thank you so much, Will. You've been absolutely brilliant. No problem at all. Um, thanks for having me. It's been great.